believed that there were several planes of existence and we as human beings inhabit only one what happened to you guys last night anyway i was attacked is this the first time something like this has ever happened no things have come to me in the night why do I see and feel these things? Some things are more terrible than other things. And you felt like a man? Big man. But when my son came in, there was nobody there. He evaporated. That's classic poltergeist activity. You know, there was a time when people believed in the supernatural. These ghosts and demons were only ideas, but people saw them. You think I'm insane? First, we have to find out what the problem is. In the meantime, I'll be dead. He's stronger than you are. He'll kill me if he has to. Isn't it possible that some entity has crossed into our plane of existence? There was somebody there. I couldn't see him with my eyes, but there was somebody there. He's in the room! Will you appear to us now? It's my decision. What, to stay sick? To stay alive. I can't explain it. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Paranormal Journal. That was a creepy intro, right? That was from the movie The Entity, tonight's episode 13. 
it's going to be real investigations that were inspired by horror movies too. So these investigations were real and um, they made movies inspired by these investigations. One of them was the entity, which uh, was uh, investigated by Dr. Barry Taff, which I'm trying to get on here, but hey, it's a little difficult because he hasn't has doesn't have a smartphone, so these new programs you have to have a smartphone. But uh, tonight we're going to be talking about real investigations that inspired horror movies. So uh, we're going to do like the Entity. We're going to do uh, Amityville, and whatever else pops up into my mind here. So, um, the Entity, man, cool case. I remember watching this uh, as a kid. Uh, probably. I think it came out in 84, I believe it was, 84. And, uh, man, creepy, creepy movie. If you, <laughs> It's pretty graphic, too, man, like totally graphic. Um, I mean, this this is about uh, a, a woman named Doris Byther. Uh, the case was originally investigated in 1974 and uh, by Dr. Taff and... Uh, some of his associates at the UCLA, uh, which they had a lab. They actually had a lab, and it was they were trying to make it a real science of doing paranormal investigations with uh, telekinesis and uh, psychic abilities and stuff like that. And they just happened to stumble across this um, Darth Spider in a library, actually, one of uh, Dr. Taft's uh, colleagues and, and uh, a friend were talking about paranormal activity and uh, Doris Byther was in the uh, in the library and st- basically just stumbled upon him and, and told him that her house was haunted and that uh, maybe they should check it out. So that's what they did. Uh, they got Dr. Taff and uh, his colleagues and they went there and investigated and, and you know, they started talking about, uh, she started explaining to them the experiences that they had had and um, that she was actually being raped by a ghost. So... I mean, that's pretty, pretty interesting, um, <laughs> whether it was true or not, you know, from what Dr. Taft said, you know, he, you know, when they first, when Doris Byther first told him uh, what was going on, they both, both the investigators kind of rolled their eyes like, yeah, right, this woman needs, uh, you know, psychological help. And um, even in Dr. Taft's book, he, he, uh, he mentions this about, uh, you know, her telling him the story that, you know, she had been on many occasions sexually assaulted by an unseen force and uh, it actually had attacked her children and herself um very very interesting it's very that's very creepy um that this could have happened and, and you know throughout her life she always thought that this thing was gonna was gonna kill her and um she you know, doris Byther did pass away and um from from some kind of respiratory illness um but uh the, the i believe the son had actually found her um passed away from she just stopped breathing but could this thing have been uh responsible for you know her death who knows you know it's possible i mean some of the stuff that um Dr. Taff has written in his book, um, Aliens Above, Ghost Below, which I have. Um, I actually got this book when it first came out, probably like 12 years ago. Um, I had met Dr. Taff at a paranormal investigation, in a, not an investigation, but a um, 
a paraconference. He was he was a guest speaker, and um, wow, man, I was like, can't believe uh, meeting this guy. This is the guy I've, I've watched you know, my entire life. You know, this is the guy from the movie. I'm like, wow, you know, this is crazy. Hey, Chris, I see Chris is in the chat room. Anybody out there listening, you know, you want to come into the chat room, please come to the chat room. Uh, interact with us, you know, ask questions. Um, tonight, like I said, we're talking about uh, real investigations that uh, have uh, inspired movies, horror movies, and uh, the, the entity was one of them. Um, definitely an interesting case. Yeah, I mean, these are the kind of cases that you wish you could like get into uh, as an investigator. Uh, I've been in a few, not like this, but some that were quite interesting. Um, and I, you know, some of the stuff that happened in the movie was a lot of it was real. Um, the, uh, balls of light and stuff that were zipping around in the house and, uh, the sun was attacked and things like that. I think Dr. Taffy told me the ending was the only thing that was kind of fabricated. Um, some of the assault scenes were, you know, it was Hollywood fabricated, but, uh, uh, some of the stuff that he had told me personally that it happened, uh, it's mind blowing. I mean, they actually seen a, uh, a figure, uh, this, what he called plasma, which is the fourth state of matter. Um, it was a green plasma. They were, you know, Darth Bother was, she said she felt it in a room. She started challenging whatever was in the room. And lo and behold, this green plasma figure started to appear in the room in front of 10 to 15 people in the room. So not like it was just, uh, you know, some kind of hallucination that she was having. It was an actual figure there. Uh, basically said it looked like a, uh, a bodybuilder almost, you know, he said he was a like a big ball headed guy and um, muscular looking, but it only showed like half the torso and the head and things like that. But really, really interesting. And, and Dr. Taff also went on to talk about, um, I mean, this guy talked to me for hours and he didn't know me from a can of paint. And um, I really respected that about him is that, uh, you know, there was a lot of paranormal celebrities there and, and things like that. And, you know, they kind of, you know, hey, how you doing? Here's a, you know, want a picture and, you know, autograph, you 10 bucks for a picture and autograph or something, you know, something stupid like that. And, you know, I just started talking to him about the entity case and he's like, pull up a chair. Let's talk. I, man, I sat there for hours and talked to Dr. Taff at least two or three hours talking about the entity case. And, uh, man, I was freaking blown away. I was like, wow, I'm sitting here next to this guy and I've watched a movie about this case and I'm sitting here with him. He was there. He's seen it. He experienced it. And, and I'm talking to him, you know, I'm, I'm like almost like starstruck almost, you know, cause I'm like, this is amazing. I'm sitting next to this guy and he's telling me this stuff that he, he was there. This is the guy he was there. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's amazing. Uh, it almost be like sitting next to, um, Georgia Kathy Lutz, Lutz from the uh, the Amityville Horror Case, you know what I mean? So you'd be like, I'm sitting next to the people that were actually there, you know? Um, so, but it, it's it's pretty amazing. Hey, Big Sarge, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming into the chat. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting case. Um, from what Dr. Taz said, it was a lot of it was true. 
uh, except the ending. The ending was um, was fabricated, but he described that that's what they were trying to do. That's what they wanted to do in, in, a, in a lab situation was try to get this thing to follow her to the lab. And um, they were going to try to contain it. They wanted to try to contain it. It never happened, but uh, that's what they wanted to do. In the movie, they portrayed it like they froze it in ice and all this crap. But, you know, that's that's movies totally, totally fabricated. But uh, Dr. Tess said they wanted to try to simulate something like that, but not to that extreme. They wanted to be able to run tests on this thing and see if they could, you know, get this plasma kind of thing to appear again in the lab. And uh, it, it was pretty amazing, the stuff that he, that he did. He just sat there and went on for hours just talking and I was just amazed by by his, his knowledge too, and he's uh, he said a lot of things that have made sense to me over the years, and um, about uh, people that produce these kind of uh, phenomena. Uh, it's like a like poltergeist activity; they produce this kind of phenomena. Uh, they get into a location, and all of a sudden. These things start happening, and it's everywhere they go. It's not like it's um, in one location. Everywhere they move, they they create this uh, this recurrent kind of like spontaneous psychokinesis stuff. It's they call it RSPK, which is uh, recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis. Basically, um, basically, it's a person that's causing the activity, this poltergeist activity. And they thought Doris Byther was producing a lot of this activity herself, but that you know they they couldn't believe some of the things that were occurring with balls of light, you know, going across the the walls. And uh, they actually put tape on the walls. They blacked out the room to see if um, they could capture this stuff on uh, film, and they were able to capture it on film, which was cool. They they put sections of tape on the wall. So they can see how fast that the uh, the balls of light were moving and stuff like that. Which it, it's really interesting. And, and if you get his book, I don't know if it's still in distribution anymore, but it's called Aliens Above, Ghosts Below. Uh, he goes into great detail and he shows you pictures of um, of the uh, balls of light and stuff. Uh, only thing that's disappointing is they never got to, um, which he said was a bummer, was they never got this green plasma figure on film. Which was which sucks because uh, he said it was pretty amazing, and um, yeah, I have to get that book to you, Sarge. I'm, I'm actually looking at it right now. I was going back through it, reading a bunch of stuff from Doctor Taff, and um, wow, man, this guy is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to paranormal things. Um, very smart guy, man. Very smart guy. Like I said, th this entity case happened in uh, Culver City in uh, August. Uh, it was August 22nd in 1974 is when this happened. I mean, I was like one years old. <laughs> so, I mean, this is how long ago this happened. But, man, this guy, when he's gone, there's not going to be many more like him. I can tell you that. He's the last of a, of a dying breed of, of paranormal, a real paranormal investigator and parapsychologist. Um, Jesus. I'm sort of trying to get him on here, but Podbean is... Uh, Dr. Taft's phone is kind of like an old flip phone, so it's kind of not a very good phone. So 
unfortunately, Podbean doesn't have a call number. It has call numbers, but uh, not the kind where you can just dial bip, 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 and call in, you know, so kind of stinks a little bit, but I will find a way to get him on here. If I have to pre-record the, uh, the episode and get him on here, I will. I like to do it live so people can interact with him and, and ask him questions and things like that. Things like that. Uh, it, it's it's just terrible. I can't get him on here. I want to get him on here. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm reading parts of the uh, the entity case now, just looking at it, and like you said, he was. They both, they both. You know, when she told him that she was being raped, they both kind of rolled their eyes. Uh, that's what he says in the book. He's like, we both kind of like. Or eyes, like, yeah, right. You know, getting raped by a ghost. Come on. Uh, but you know, there are some silly ass people out here that you know say they're going to marry ghosts and all kinds of stupid stuff like that. So you know, this is the kind of thing that you know we as investigators have to deal with on a daily basis. You know, like we get cases that are just like this. Some some are totally, totally nuts. I mean, you get people saying they're vampires and. Uh, vampires warlocks i mean you, you name it I've, I've heard it uh over the years being woken up two o'clock in the morning saying they're being uh attacked by demons and they were drunk you know out, off their ass drunk and you're just like ah oh, boy why do i get into why did i get into this <laughs> one guy told me he was a vampire by birth and his uncle was a warlock and i'm just like holy shit what is going on here uh no I don't think so. I almost felt like I was getting set up to get to going into some kind of demonic cult or something and getting uh, some kind of satanic cult and being murdered or something. I was like, nah, I'm not going to. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm not, not even going to go that route. I started looking at the location on Google where they were, and I'm like, it's kind of in a wooded area. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to subject anybody to this kind of craziness. So. But yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, the entity, God, I wish Dr. Tapson, we'd be talking for hours about this case because there's a lot of stuff that happened. I mean, the son was attacked uh, by something. In one accounts in the book, uh, he said, you know, the son said he's walking down the hallway and he runs into uh, an invisible figure that's not there, but it's a big figure. He runs into it like there's someone else in the hallway with him. He runs into it, it stops him dead, and there's no one there. He's looking around like, what the hell did I just run into? There was a person, but there's no one there. Uh, and on one occasion, his mother, he walks in on his mother being attacked by this thing. It's holding her down. In the, looks like something's holding her down in the bed, and something's actually on top of her, like pushing her down into the bed, and the, uh, the son jumps on the bed, and uh, this thing throws him across the room. and. Uh, he winds up breaking his arm. He breaks his arm. Uh, this, this really happened. Um, that's scary as hell, man. Uh, I've never had anything like had that happen in an investigation where I was attacked. Um, I don't know a whole lot of people that that I have investigated with that has been attacked by something um, that has done that much damage where it's broken bones and, and things like that. That's scary. That's really scary. I mean. To run into something that's that's physical, you can feel it, but you can't see it. That's kind of weird, man. I mean, that's that's totally creepy. I've never had anything like that happen before. I've been touched, but not like um, 
in an angry kind of way, like a caring kind of way, like like a woman would touch you, like on your shoulder, and it felt like a woman's touch. And uh, that was at Landon House, but uh, to to be physically assaulted by something like that and have your arm broken or, or you know thrown downstairs, and I've had investigations where the client has been thrown downstairs. Um, I was actually working, working out of town, which I'm going to have her on here. Um, I was working out of town. I was in Philly and uh, she called me and said, you know, she was crying, like literally like crying, you know, I'm like, I was like, what the hell's going on? And uh, she's like, I just got attacked by something. I'm like, are you okay? She's like, I, I got pushed down the stairs. I'm, I'm a total mess. I'm, I'm like, I, I can't even think straight. I'm like, you got pushed or did you trip? She goes, no, I was pushed from the top and I fell all the way down the stairs. I'm like, ooh, that's, uh, that's kind of creepy. That's kind of creepy. You know, um, like I said, I've never had that happen before. Not to say that it can happen. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think these things, if, if they can move things and uh, they could definitely touch you and most likely harm you. Um, so is the entity case real? Yeah, I think it, I think it happened. I definitely think it happened. Yeah. The haunted doll. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't get me started, Sarge. Don't do it. Don't you do it. <laughs> haunted dolls. Give me a break. I don't believe in that crap. I don't believe in haunted dolls. Nope. Won't do it. Can't do it. I'm not going to do it, but that's a subject we will be bringing back up later. I think I'll have a little uh, paranormal uh, roundtable on that. Throw that out there for a paranormal roundtable, huh? Haunted dolls, demonic dolls. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> okay, friend, thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, another case investigation that was made a, a movie, The Amityville Horror. Uh, you know, back in the seventies, Amityville Horror. Ronald Defoe, Ronald Defoe killed his uh, entire family. You know, six people face down in the bed. All his family members: his mother, his father, two brothers, two sisters. I mean, uh, Jesus, uh, I, I, that's a kind of a weird situation. Um, how do you kill six people in a house uh, with a rifle and nobody wakes up? That doesn't, that, that's kind of weird. I mean, you hear a gunshot in the house, it's it's pretty loud. I mean, even if you're shooting in the shooting range, you know, you you hear a gunshot, it, it's loud. Uh, let alone, he killed them all in their bed, face down in the bed. Now, you would think as as uh, you hear a gunshot, kids are going to wake up and they're going to be, they're going to be running around frantically. And But there they are, all six of them dead in the bed, face down. Just like they were sleeping, and if somebody can sleep through a gunshot in the house, that's uh, they're a hell of a sleeper. You know what I want? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm wondering if that house is haunted too. I mean, uh, I did watch a documentary with Daniel Lutz, which is uh, the son of uh, Kathy Lutz. Um, George Lutz was his stepfather; they, it wasn't his real father. Um, but Daniel Lutz said the house was haunted, and all this stuff really happened. Uh, he has a documentary out actually it's called uh my amityville horror i watched it um it's interesting it's interesting i definitely think he's uh 
he experienced some things throughout his life that kind of uh, messed with his head a little bit and put him off in a kind of far out kind of place. But uh, I think whatever happened, happened in there, you know. Yeah, I think that house is for sale again. Um, I really do. I think it is uh, for sale. Um, uh, it, what channel? Is it on Prime? I think it is on Prime. Yeah, I think it's on Prime. Yeah, it's called My Amityville Horror with Daniel Lutz. Uh, I tried to get him on, uh, but uh, he doesn't. I think after he um, he did he did the show he did the documentary and basically that was that was it he said he didn't want to talk about it anymore he actually didn't want to go into some of the stuff that he did I actually think he he did go and see uh, Lorraine Warren again I think before she passed um, and talked about the case with her and uh, whenever all the stuff that had happened uh, some of the things that uh, he said in the documentary was pretty amazing. Um, he talks about his hands getting uh, slammed in the window. Uh, he was trying to uh, get the window down, and all of a sudden, the window just uh, slammed down on his fingers and, and smashed his fingers flat. Actually, and he shows his fingers in the uh, in the documentary where one of his fingers is really is damaged, like it had been broken and never um, he never got it fixed. And it looks like his pinky is is broken from that incident. And um, I mean, he talks about you know, seeing this um, pig-like uh, creature uh, or entity uh, while they were outside. And um, it, it's interesting. He said it looked like a, like a pig, like a cartoon character pig with wolf-like teeth. Uh, He's seen it. Uh, George Lutz seen it. And uh, they went running into the house because it was in the, uh, the sister's room. Uh, looking out the window at him, and they ran up there. And when they went into the room, the the rocking chair is going back and forth, back and forth. And and George Lutz, he said, George Lutz grabs the rocking chair and and is inspecting it, like how in the hell is this rocking chair moving? Um, he also talks about one occasion where he's going up the stairs and he's literally thrown up a flight of stairs. That is a pretty powerful uh, entity uh, to pick up a person and throw them up a flight of stairs. Um, <laughs> that's scary as hell. I think I would have been like, we're getting the hell out of here. Like now I wouldn't have waited the 28 days. My ass would have been gone. Like we're out. I, you know, I mean, as a paranormal investigator, you're looking for this kind of stuff to happen, but you know, not to that extreme that, you know, someone's being levitated. I've never seen a levitation in a person. Personally, never. I, I don't know him. Too many people that have. Um, of course, all the you know the movies. There's a levitation in every every damn movie that you see. But um, I've never seen one personally. I'd like to see one. You know, just like demons and all this stuff, uh, demonic uh, possessions and stuff. Um, you know, I levitating <laughs> my lips to some rum, right? <laughs> Yeah, me too, right now. Ah, that's for you, Sarge. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think it exists either. Um, I don't think demons exist, but I mean that's my personal opinion. This show is all about my opinions, my experiences, just like uh Sarge has got his show disembodied voices. Um these are all basically our experiences and, and what we believe in um it, it's 
it's it's a lot of what you believe, but it's also what you can prove uh, in, in investigations. It's, it's the proof is in the pudding. It, you, to see it, you know, to believe it, I got to see it. I mean, that's that's the whole point of paranormal investigations. Is, is this is this real? Um, is this uh, demonic possession real? Am I, I'm seeing someone possess somebody had posted something on TikTok. This is creepy. This is a, a exorcism, and it's a girl just. Random shit, just like usual, you know, they're screaming and cussing and dropping a lot of F-bombs. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I've responded. I don't see anything supernatural going on. I just see her screaming and hollering and by they're throwing holy water on her. And I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Um, there's got to be somewhere out there that's a video of someone being levitated. I want to see it. I wish they would come on the show. <laughs> if there's anybody out there listening that, that has a video of uh, of some levitations of of uh, in an exorcism, where please, I want to see it. I definitely want to see it. Uh, you know, a lot of people get butt hurt when you voice your own opinion about things. You know, when it comes to the paranormal thing, because it's all, uh, you know, it, it's all supposed to be like the TV show, and they they live by these TV shows. And uh, it's not all about the TV show. I mean, you, you look at some of these cases like like the entity and um, this stuff is crazy that, that's happened in, in the entity case. You know, like a woman being raped. Like, I mean, that's you would think that's it's so far fetched that it would never happen. But it happened. Uh, you know, the phenomena was real. They experienced this phenomena. And it's not like it was just one person experiencing it. Many people experienced it. Um, and they were able to film a lot of it. Too bad they, they couldn't get the uh, the the plasma, you know, green plasma person that formed on video. But uh, you know, in '74, I mean, let's face it, video sucked. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't that great. Uh, so if they did get it, it would probably be a hot mess. You know, it'd be grainy. It'd be it'd be crappy. It's not like we have you know, today. You know, I mean, today we got you know, high definition cameras and everything's crystal clear. There's no static. You got 4k, you got 5k, man. Now's the time we need to start getting this stuff documented on film because you will really be able to evaluate it a lot better than you could 40, 50 years ago. You know, I mean, I'm almost 50 years old and, um, We've come a long way in, in advancement in technology uh, since when I was a kid to now. Uh, but now's the time that we need to really get good cases, solid, solid video evidence of these things. I mean, the, the technology is is where we need to be right now to get this kind of stuff uh, on video. I so, so, so... Turn 59 next week, my ass, Sarge. <laughs> but uh, I so, so want to catch uh, a full-bodied apparition on camera now. Compared, Even compared to 15 years ago when I had, you know, um, the DVR system back then, it, it sucked 15 years ago. I mean, it wasn't that good. I mean, you pa I, I captured that black mass stuff on film. And uh, it, it, the video sucked, actually. I mean, it's, you can see it, but it's nothing like if I would have called it today. Um, 
the phenomenon is real, folks. This stuff is real. Uh, like I said, the Amityville Horror, if you want a good little documentary to watch, watch Daniel Lutz's uh, My Amityville Horror. You know, they were only in the, only in the house 28 days, and they up and left. Um, and, and, you know, back then, it's the 70s. Uh, the Exorcist wasn't even out yet. Um, so it's not like that this thing was driven by a movie because there weren't really a whole lot of horror movies out that were based around possessions and things like that. And what Daniel Lutz was saying in his is that he thought that himself and George Lutz were possessed in the house by these unseen forces. And actually Daniel Lutz, they, uh, they had put him in a, uh, like a seminary to get exercise. Um, and these like, these priests were physically nasty to him. You know what I mean? Trying to drive out whatever this was inside of him. Allegedly, you know what I mean? This is, this is a documentary. Could it be fabricating things? Maybe. You know what I mean? Who knows? We don't know. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't there, but from what he was, what he's describing uh, in the documentary, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, just the dog trying to, he said the dog would try to hang himself, uh, jumping over the fence, trying to hang himself with whatever was in the uh, the boathouse garage door would go up and down, up and down, up and down, and it would freak the dog out. The dog would literally be like hanging itself on the fence. Um, what else did he say? He was saying, uh, I think on the final night they were there, that their beds uh, levitated from the floor all the way to the ceiling. He said their bedposts, and meanwhile, you know, these people moved into the house. It was still the original furniture from the murders. They never even took the furniture out of the house. That Even the beds that they slept in were the beds that these people got murdered in. The box, it was the actual frame. The only thing that was gone was the mattress. They replaced the mattresses. But the, the frame, the box ring, everything was there. I mean, this was these people's furniture. So, you know, could there have been some, you know, leftover residual energy from this these horrific murders? You know, sure. Why not? I mean, it's a classic, uh, it's a classic haunt kind of thing. You know what I mean? You had a total uh, tragedy, uh, a murder, you know, six murders, you know, your whole family wiped out by the sun. Um, and, and, you know, Ronald Defoe, he, to the day he died, he never even told the truth about what really, really happened. Um, I had watched a couple of interviews, um, leading up to doing this show to try to see if he ever really truly confessed to uh, murdering him. And he's saying he confessed to murdering the mother and the father. Uh, he said his sister, Dawn, which was the oldest sister, wanted the mother and father dead. This is what he was saying, that he wanted the mother and father dead, that she wanted them dead. So he loaded a gun and said, here, here's the gun. It's loaded. Go shoot him. But when she got up there, she couldn't do it. And the father woke up and Ronald Defoe got scared and shot him, shot him in the back. And then he's moving around and shot him again. And the mother woke up, started screaming. She said, uh, he said, they, she slept with a 38 on the uh, dresser. So he said, she's seen, he's seen her reaching for the 38 and he shot her too. And uh, then the sister started getting a, a, a 
guilty conscience about killing the mother and father. And uh, Ronald Defoe basically said, I, I just got up and left. And uh, he said, I just drove around, drove around, looking for, you know, trying to come up with an answer. And I couldn't come up with an answer. So I went back home. When he got back home, the daughter, the uh, the sister had already murdered the rest of the family, had murdered the uh, the brothers and the youngest sister. And uh, basically, he, he uh, got home and she said, what are you doing here? And they were arguing over the gun and. He winds up killing the oldest oldest sister and then tries to figure out how he's going to get away with he killed his whole family you know so uh but basically he murdered his family you know they're saying it was demonic and all this crap but the only weird thing i see about it is six people were killed and they're all face down in the bed it, it, that doesn't just make any sense to me at all. You, and like I said, you hear a gunshot in the house. It's going to be quite, quite loud. Um, how someone can sleep through six gunshots or even just one gunshot and you not be awake. You're a heavy ass sleeper. That that's just seems totally weird. Maybe, you know, he maybe he had more than one person helping him kill the kill his family members. Or maybe it was something paranormal. Uh, because I just don't see six people sleeping through uh, gunfire in your house. It just, I, I don't get it. You know what I mean? It just it doesn't make sense whatsoever. But the activity, it, you know, the, I've heard so many stories that it was fake and it wasn't fake. Hearing it from Daniel Lutz himself, um, he was just a kid when this happened. I think he was around 12 years old or something like that, 13. You know, um, he gives a good description about uh, what's going on. You know what 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 actually happened. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe they were drugged, you know, or something like that. But I don't think they found any uh, uh, toxicology, you know, any any drugs in their system. Actually, um, they might not have tested for it back then, but uh, you know, the results were they were killed with gunfire, but. Uh, it's just a weird, weird situation with that. Uh, like I said, I just don't have how the hell six people sleep through gunfire unless, like I said, unless they were drugged. Uh, and Ronald Defoe was a, uh, he was a drug addict. So could he have drugged them? It's possible. It's possible. Um, that's actually pretty good, uh, Chris. Um, yeah, he could have definitely drugged. <laughs> he could have definitely drugged them without a doubt. You know, uh, it's just, it's just a weird situation. Uh, six people killed. That you know they move in. You know the Lutzes move in, and uh, all hell breaks loose in, in, in literally twenty eight days. Uh, I mean they left everything they had from like the food in the refrigerator to empty cups on the you know cups of drinks on the table and food. I mean they literally got up and left. So that's telling me that there was something going on. Um, they got they got a hell of a steal in the house when they bought it, and um, yeah, so I'm reading up. Sorry, I'm reading Chris's uh, thing. See their faces when he killed. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, you're right. Maybe he didn't want to get that guilty feeling of killing his family, but he did it. <laughs> we ain't never gonna really know the answers because he died in he died in Green Heavy, Green Haven Prison. So. Uh, he, I don't think he would ever tell the truth anyway. I think he was a kind of a habitual liar. So, 
you know, that, that's basically how most criminals are. They're habitual liars. So, um, but yeah, I mean, these people, 28 days, they just drop all their stuff and they leave. Like, that's telling me something definitely happened. You're not just going to bail out. And they got a hell of a deal on the house. I think they only paid like $60,000 for the house um, because the people were murdered. That's, that's a hell of a deal. I'm sure that house is going for big, big bucks. I mean, if the conjuring houses, they're, they're trying to sell a conjuring house for over a million dollars right now. So Amityville, one of the most legendary cases, you know, in, in paranormal history. Um, yeah, I'd say it's probably going for big, big bucks. Uh, I'd like to investigate just to see if there is something. Uh, oh, 900 K that's it. I thought we're probably going for way more than that. Um, I thought I'd seen on the uh, internet that the Conjuring House was going for like a million or something like that. A million three or something like that. A lot of money. I'm, I'm actually surprised it's going for that much. I was like, wow, it's nothing but a little farmhouse. There ain't much to it. I guess that's what happens with a new movie, right? Phew, 1.2 million. God, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to get milked up out of that thing. 1.2 asking price. Wow. And it's under contract. Holy shit. Oh, you know who bought that? Probably some paranormal celebrity probably is buying that. Zach Bagans or somebody like that. It's got, you know, a whole shit ton of money. Yeah, it's not even worth 50K, and, and now you're getting 1.2 million for it. Come on, man. That's movie bullshit all written all over it, you know? That's just the way it goes in this paranormal thing. Just like these uh, these digital voice recorders, these Panasonic DR60s. They're selling these things for like five grand, dude. You could have bought them for like 20 bucks back in the 80s, man. I am 20 bucks, probably like 10 bucks. They are really shit. They're not really that good. Um, I know a couple people that have them. As uh, far as uh, recording wise, it, it, they suck. They really suck. The recording uh, aspect of it is just, it blows. It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but it's just, it's the way the paranormal stuff goes. You, you get something that's when a movie's been made behind it. Good God, man. Like, what doesn't understand, I don't understand what, what the entity case, that is a pretty compelling and creepy, eerie-ass case. They made a movie about it, but no one, not a lot of people know about it. Not, not, not at all, which is, it kind of blows my mind that no one knows about the entity. I remember watching it as a kid, and I was freaked out, man. I was like, this is creepy, man. Really creepy. I, I, I can't wait to get Dr. Taff on here. He already said he would come on. I did talk to him, but um, I just got to figure a way to get him on. He won't pod beam. If worse comes to worse, I'll get him over on Spreaker with Sarge, you know, and we'll, we'll do it like we did the last time. You know, that's I, I, the pod beam thing. He doesn't have any really, he's just not technologically savvy anymore, I guess, you know, because he's old. He's living off of, you know, social security and stuff like that. So, it's money issues. Unfortunately, this country doesn't really take care of its senior citizens. So, you know, this is what happens in life. You know, when you get old, you're just like, uh, and yeah, just throw you away like a piece of trash in this country. It's pretty terrible. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if I can get him on here, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, I wish he would get a smartphone. So we'll, uh, 
I'm probably going to wind up hooking up with Sarge or Disembodied Voices or or we'll get them over on Spreaker and do it on Spreaker because uh, they don't have any calling numbers here. Unfortunately, uh, I might be able to pre-record it and put it on like that, but I, I'd rather do it live, to be honest. Uh, I think it's a lot better to talk to them live. So if people can, if people want to ask questions to them live, they can, and uh, it's not a recording. So another uh, famous case made into a movie. The Exorcist. That's a creepy movie, man. That's one of the first movies I ever watched that was really scared the shit out of me. Um, and I was just a little kid when it came out, and my father was even freaked out about The Exorcist. Um, that is one creepy-ass movie that uh, even the film set was based around a lot of really messed up stuff that happened. Uh, a lot of sacrilegious stuff that they did, like, you know, with her stabbing herself in the, in the vagina with the cross. And, I mean, this stuff is, whew, I mean, that's pushing, like, some really weird, weird stuff. You know, um, The Exorcist is, is based out of uh, Maryland, actually, in Mount Rainier. Uh, you know, I, I talked to the, I, I interviewed the Booth brothers. They made a documentary on The Exorcist. And uh, they, they, I was talking to them. Oh, no, it was out of St. Louis. No, no, no. It was out of Maryland. Uh, that's where he was from. He was from Maryland in Mount Rainier. I, it, matter of fact, I my old company was literally probably five minutes from where that house stands today. It's still there today. Uh, the church where they originally took him was St. James Catholic Church, which was right on uh, Rhode Island Avenue. I passed that church all the time. I'm always in D.C. working, and I passed that church all the time. Uh, it's right before the circle, before you start heading into D.C. Uh, on Rhode Island Avenue. You can't miss it. Uh, sits off to the right. But that's where they took the, the uh, possessed boy originally when he started having problems. Then they went to St. Louis. And uh, actually, the boy attacks a, a priest um, at that church. Uh, actually, uh, the priest takes him to his house. To, to witness the phenomena and uh the boy uh allegedly levitates and, and is pulled under the bed so as the yeah i'm not hearing anything anybody else hearing noise out there um yeah i'm not hearing anything on this end Uh, originally, uh, you know, the boys pulled under the bed. The priest is uh, trying to uh, get uh, get him out of the bed. And somehow, the boy rips a spring out of the uh, the mattress and slices the uh, the priest's arm really bad. He winds up getting a hundred some stitches in his arm, uh, and the priest is never the same after that. Um, he kind of. Has a lot of psychological issues after that, and uh, this is when the boy starts getting writings and scratchings on his body. Uh, this all stemmed behind a Ouija board. The uh, the boy was playing with a Ouija board by himself. Originally, he was uh, his his um, 
his aunt was into uh, witchcraft and spiritualism, and she taught him how to use a Ouija board, a Ouija board, a spirit board. And uh, when she passed away, he continued to use the Ouija board by himself. And this is when the phenomena begins. Uh, they start hearing scratching on the walls, and then they start hearing banging on the walls. And then it becomes uh, he's being attacked in the bed, being held down in the bed. Uh, just It starts to escalate from there. Uh, it, it's documented from the Catholic Church, you know, of this exorcism really taking place. Um, Father Bowden, he, he performed the exorcism, and he was actually a teacher, I think, at Georgetown University, actually. He was, he was a teacher there. And uh, it's interesting to read some of the... Uh, supposedly they had a... Uh, they had found a a log in the uh, Alexian Brothers Church of this exorcism. It was in the wall, kind of buried in the wall, and they found it uh, during demolition. Um, the Alexian Brothers Church was uh, torn down. It's not there anymore. But uh, the custodians, after the exorcism, this is where they, uh, they conducted the exorcism at the Alexian Brothers uh, Hospital. It had five floors in the uh, hospital, and uh, after that exorcism, the Catholic Church, any hospital, they didn't make any with the fifth floor. Uh, they only made it four floors. And um, supposedly after the exorcism had taken place in the room where the exorcism took place, they locked it, they chained it, and... The custodians would hear voices coming out of that room saying, let me out, help me, get me out of here, things like this. He said it, it freaked them out. Uh, there's actually a documentary with those custodians talking about things that they heard. Uh, coming out of that room is quite creepy. Um, like the fifth floor after that, after that exorcism was completely shut down to patients. They no longer had patients on that floor. They moved them all down to the floor below, and that floor was off limits after that uh, after that exorcism. Um, this exorcism went on for months and months and months. Um, I believe it went on for six months, actually, before finally, uh, you know, one night, supposedly the, the demon said his name, and there was a loud kind of like uh, explosion in the in the hospital. It was so loud it shook the building, and they didn't know what it was. And the boy snapped out of it and was cured. He wasn't possessed anymore. And uh, it's a really, really fascinating story if it's really true. Um, it's documented as true. Uh, they made the movie The Exorcist behind that, and um, I think they made that movie in '76. Uh, wow, creepy movie. Uh, I remember my father, <laughs> when he first watched it, I was about three years old. Uh, and my father, my mother said my father watched me like a hawk, like would be just watching me, you know, just making sure I wasn't possessed or some crazy shit like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was freaked out. And I remember when I was old enough to watch it and I finally watched it, I was scared the shit out of me. That was one creepy, freaky ass movie. The voices that, uh, they come out of her voice, uh, you know, uh, were just phenomenally weird. And, you know, 
they were real voices. There wasn't that wasn't a voice that was like dubbed. That was a real actress's voice. Uh, from what I read, uh, the director and uh, Peter Blatty would uh, tie this woman to a chair, and uh, first they would get her drunk and give her lots of cigarettes, and she would be smoking these cigarettes, and it would make her voice sound like that. It was like creepy, uh, you know. I mean, that's a freaky ass voice, uh, you know. And uh, they would tie her to a chair, and uh, they would go over these questions like the priest is asking her, and they were recording her voice. But that's her real voice. Could you imagine talking to somebody and hearing that creepy ass voice? Oh my god, dude! This is, it gives me cold chills just thinking about it. Uh, I just remember in the case where I did, and I heard that voice in my ear say, "There are many, but I am one." It was creepy like that. It sounded like that, but more, I don't want to say sinister, but it sounded more sinister. Like, uh, it was kind of wicked sounding. It's, it was, it scared me, uh, cause I've never had that happen before and I don't really scare too much. Yeah. I go in places by myself a lot. Uh, I don't mind going in places that are haunted by myself. They like good activity that way too. Well, look, excuse me. Getting up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm here yawning. Good God. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't typically have a problem going into places that are are haunted by myself, and I I feel quite relaxed actually. But in that house, I don't feel quite relaxed. Uh, not after that incident, anyway. Uh, it definitely it definitely took a uh, direct response to um, get me alone. And, and scare me. Uh, did a good job. And I was pretty shook up after that. Uh, I, I kind of maintained my composure and got out of the house, but I didn't want to go back in. And, um, and Carl can attest to that, that I never went back up to the second floor after that. I stayed on the first floor. But it didn't really matter because this thing likes to isolate you and get you away from everybody, get you alone. And that's when it likes to scare you and, and do things. Um, it's uh it's creepy man it's really creepy the shit that it does is uh it's wicked you know it's something like deviant man like it's not i'm not gonna say uh it's demonic but it's 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 deviant man like it's it's spiteful that it does it and it was doing it to the little girl that passed away quite often um which is concerning you know, uh, when something like that happens to a child, because if it happened to mine, I would, I would be, uh, I would be a wreck. It was, it's, it's still to this day, I, I have a hard time dealing with it. It's just it's weird. It's something weird that happened. You, you can't get over it. You know, it's just, it's always there. You try to block it out, but it, it's there, you know? And when you start talking about this kind of stuff, it kind of, it's clicking back, you know, like, like it was, you know what happened, you know, it's just, it's just weird. Uh, but, but back to the exorcist, I don't want to jump off this, this the, um, the, uh, case in hand here, but the exorcist, uh, great movie, great movie. Uh, I think it's probably one of the best horror movies ever made, to be honest. That's up there with the, the entity is, is a second runner, but, uh, the exorcist is probably one of the scariest movies to my personal opinion. I think it's, one of the scariest movies ever made for uh, the uh, least technology that they had back then to make a, a horror movie. 
they did a hell of a job, a hell of a job. And I passed the house where they made the movie at all the time. It's in Georgetown um, on Prospect Street. Uh, it's a little different now. They, they've got it, uh, a wall built and uh, where you can't really look at the house too too good. But, uh, uh, yeah, the Exorcist Steps. I, I actually had a job right beside the Exorcist Steps at a place called Carbard, at Carbard, and it's literally right beside the exorcist step by the key bridge. I mean, if you go over the key bridge in Virginia off of M street, the exorcist steps are right there where he falls down the, uh, the priest falls down the stairs at the end. And, uh, if you're ever there in person, uh, you know, that that's definitely movie magic, him falling down the stairs because the house is a good, good bit away from those stairs. Uh, you'd have to be Superman to fly from that window all the way to the stairs and down the stairs. Uh, and in the movie, it makes it like the stairs are right outside the window, but they're not. <laughs> they're a good distance away. Um, but uh, I, I tell you, man, even even the set of The Exorcist was like cursed. Uh, they had random people that had died during the filming. Uh, the one guy uh, that gets his head broke, he gets his neck broken by the by the girl. He actually dies during the filming of that. He does die during the filming of that, uh, which is weird. It's, it's just weird. Uh, all these people were getting hurt. The uh, the set caught on fire in the bedroom where the, where the possession was happening. It was just an abundance of weird, weird stuff that happened during the making of The Exorcist. Um, is it a coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, when you're, you're getting into uh, religious things and... There's definitely things out here that we do not understand. Uh, it's on a level, you know, of comprehension that we really cannot understand. And I don't think we're ever going to really understand it until it's our time, to be honest. Uh, like I said, I've been doing it a lot of years, and I still don't have an answer to it. I mean, there's something out there. I don't think it's the end when you die. That's for damn sure. Um just experience way too much to not think that there's something else, uh, you know, voices and some of the video and seeing these black things. And, and, you know, then when you watch these movies, you know, there's so much stuff that happens in these movies. That's, it does correlate what goes on in investigations in some investigations, not to the, the full extent, but like in the entity case, um, Man, I've seen these balls of light, man, these plasma balls of light before. Um, never seen this plasmic, you know, person, but uh, uh, when he described the plasma being uh, at Landon House, a, a person did describe a, a, a woman that they seen that was half naked uh, from the waist up and she was green, like plasma green. Uh, it scared the shit out of the guy so bad that he would never even step back in Landon House again. He wouldn't even, he wouldn't even go on the porch. I I interviewed him outside, and I was like, "Well, can you take me up to the bedroom and you know show me where you've seen it at?" And he's like, "No, no, 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 I will never go in that house again." I was like, "Wow, man, it was that that scary." He's like, "Man, I'm telling you what I seen." He said he woke up around it was around three o'clock in the morning. What's I don't know this shit happens at three o'clock in the morning. I do not know. I know three is a really uh, a mathematical, you know, it's big in science and stuff like that. Um, 
in a lot of investigations, when you have things happen, it happens in threes. Uh, just when people die too, like you know, someone that dies, usually you two more people will die that equals up to three. Um, it's just kind of weird, you know what I mean? It's it's really kind of weird. Uh, but you know, he wakes up three o'clock in the morning. There's a woman standing at the end of the bed, but she's only visible from the waist up, and she has no clothes on, and she's uh, she's green. She's like a plasma green. That's exactly how he described it too. He's like she was like green, man, like glowing plasma green, and uh, it scared this guy, man. He would not go on. He wouldn't even. He would step into the driveway, but he wouldn't go into the house or the porch. Now nah, I'll never go in there again. He said, I don't care. I wouldn't go in there for a million dollars. I was like, you wouldn't go into that house for a million dollars. Let me tell you something. I go in there for a million dollars. I'll stay in there all the time. <laughs> Give me a million dollars. I'll be in there quick. Uh, I've never seen the lady. I heard her a, a whole lot of times, but i never seen her. Um, I, I've seen the silhouette of a woman, but i never seen her like he's seen her. He's seen her naked. Like, he said it was a woman, like she was naked, but you could only see halfway up from the waist up. The rest was, there was nothing there. And it was glowing green, which is, that's interesting as hell. Um, it's so interesting. So Saturday night, alongside you get permission from the uh, pub owner that we're going to be investigating, we're going to go live from the pub. Um, it's in Schaeferstown, actually, where we're going to be uh, investigating. It is uh, the hell is the name of that place? I forgot what the name of it was. Let me pull it up real quick. Pretty cool place. It's the uh, it's in Schaeferstown. What was the name of that pub? Oh, the Franklin House. That's what it is. The Franklin House Tavern. Uh, they invited us there to investigate uh, Saturday night. So we're going to investigate the Franklin House Tavern. Pretty big-ass place. Um, but we are going to go live. I'm going to try to set up as long as they uh, are cool with it. Because I will have to get their internet. Um, we are going to be investigating that. I'm going to go live. I'm going to probably have them on talking about their paranormal experiences at the... Uh, at the tavern and uh we'll be live all night uh, i'm gonna have chris come on scott come on if uh, big sarge wants to jump on he can jump on and uh we'll keep it going for a couple hours and uh hopefully we get some good stuff happening there uh we're gonna have a lot of cameras so a lot of my new members have already uh got their own camera systems so which is great because that alleviates all the uh, good stuff that I don't have to watch. <laughs> um, I love that part, you know, so. Okay, Chris wants to come in. Hold on one sec. You there? Hey, hey. Yeah, hey, can you hear me? Yep, yep. You are too weird. What do you mean? <laughs> well, you know how my husband, you know, sells food for a living? Yeah. Uh, Last week, he was taking an order from the chef at the Franklin House really? in thing that you're going to. Yeah. And we were just sitting in the living room having a good long chat with the chef and talking about our dogs. And I said, hey, uh, what restaurant do you work at? 
And he said, Franklin House Inn. And I was like, oh, that sounds haunted. He's like, it is. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, we've been, that's been on our radar when we can get out again to go down there. And he was, yeah, I'm excited because that's one of the oldest running taverns in America, like continually running. I mean, early 1700s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Back, yeah, back before. You know, when we were still under the rule of England, it was called what? Uh, King something in? Yeah. Um, I don't have it right in front of me. I yeah, forget who the king yeah. was at the yeah. time. Yeah. I don't know. I forgot. Uh, Nick has all that stuff broke down. Whoever the king was at the time, whatever. That's how yeah. old it is. You know, king, and king George or something like that, I guess. Something like that. And then yeah, it was, was like the Franklin House Tavern, like Benjamin Franklin ish at some point. And now it's. It's this one, but yeah, I'm excited. You guys are going there. Yeah, yep. We got invited there a couple months back. They uh, asked us to come in. I was like, yeah, hell yeah, we'll do it. Um, I actually investigated Edgar Allan o- Edgar Allan Poe's uh, honeymoon place where him and his wife stayed down in uh, Petersburg, Virginia. And uh, hmm. I had a lot of plugins in Petersburg, Virginia. That place was freaking so awesome. Really old place. Um uh, yeah, entrenched in history. That the train station was super uh, haunted. Uh, they actually made the movie Lincoln there with uh, uh, what the hell was the guy's name uh, that played in Gangs in New York? He was the uh, butcher, the really tall guy. Yeah, what the with hell was the, his the name? Adrian Brody, is that it? Yeah, yeah, I think that's him. Yeah, he oh, was actually. Oh, for me, there. I'm really bad at that game. Yeah, yeah, he uh, <laughs> he was actually he played Lincoln, and uh, yeah, when they. They filmed that. I was like, oh, my God. I said, I was in that train station. And uh, I was like, yeah, right. I said, I'm not kidding you. I investigated that train station. That's where I've seen uh, these uh, glowing eyes in the uh, train station. It was cool. Uh, me and three other, uh, two other investigators seen these uh, glowing yellow eyes um, come out from behind a column. I thought it was an animal at first. I'm like looking at it. I'm like, and it's looking at me. And I'm like. What is that? I'm just got my head like turned sideways to the left. I'm like, what is that looking at me? And uh, I heard one of the investigators go, oh, my God, what is that? I'm like, I don't know. But I'm looking at it. He goes, yeah, I'm looking at it, too. And it ducks behind uh, this big wooden column. You know, I'm like, that had to have been an animal, right? So I'm like walking up to the column all really slowly, thinking it's going to be a possum or a raccoon or something. You know, I'm like. Is it on the ground or? Yeah, that's ground level. Yeah. It's, okay. It runs all the way to the ceiling. Um, and the ceilings are pretty high. Uh, they're vaulted ceilings and stuff. So, you know, I, I walk around the corner, click the light on, look up the pole. There's nothing there. I'm like, oh my God. And uh, I was like, I don't know what the hell that was. And they were like, they, they were yellow eyes. So I was like, yeah, like glowing. They were glowing. Uh, and we didn't have a light on them. They were just like glowing. That's what I was like, wondering. Was it like the the reflection of the light in nah, the there eye? was. It was. They were eyes. Uh, <laughs> just, okay. I, I mean, I just seen them come out from behind the column, and I'm like, I just turned my head to the left, and I'm like, and when I did that, it almost like it tilted too, like with me. Like I, I turned my head, and I'm like, is that me? And I turned my head back straight, and it didn't move. It just stayed there. I'm like, oh, what the hell is that? Like, what is that? And then Chris was like, 
what the hell is that, dude? What is that? I'm like, I don't know. And it just tucked back yeah. down that column. I was like, I don't know what that is. And I could have swore it may have been an animal, but we didn't see any kind of droppings, any kind of markings. Well, either way, it's scary. Like, you don't want to run into like an angry critter in the dark any yeah. more than a ghost. So Yeah, because they did have a lot of feral cats around there, and they were quite nasty. Uh, they would bite the hell out of you. They were trapping them. They were getting into the train station, and we thought maybe it was one of those cats. But uh, I didn't see any. I don't see how a cat could have got them out of there without us seeing it you know so it was weird but and we had a we did a podcast from there and um we had something really weird happen a, a cup materialized out of nowhere a what One video a cup a cup a okay. white cup materialized on video what yeah i wish i had the video it wasn't my video it was uh uh, a guy that, that had the podcast was uh, it was Sepia Radio back then. Um, what was his name? Him and his wife ran it. I was a part of it for a little while. What the hell was his name? He was on Haunted Collector with John Zaffis and things like that. I cannot remember his name. See, my ass. Um, I don't but know yeah. who was on that show. Huh? I don't know who was on that show. I can't help you. Damn. Uh, what the hell was his name? I cannot remember his name, but... He captured it on his DVR. Um, it just comes out of nowhere. And even even all the investigators that were there were like, um, "What? The, where the hell did that cup come from? Because it, it, you see it materialize out of nowhere and it flies across the room, like almost like someone, you know, had it cloaked and then all of a sudden they took it off of a cloaking device and threw it. It was weird. It was totally weird. I wish I, what the hell was that? What was his name? I can't remember his name. He was one pair of X with us too. Um, he broke away and started his own radio podcasting uh, network. It was called Sepia Radio. God damn, I can't remember his name. See, my I cannot remember his name. I'm um, sorry, I can't help you with that. Yeah, not, I cannot <laughs> remember his damn name. Save my ass. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Really creepy uh, place, and that's where they had the. Uh, the Confederates, uh, they blew up the Confederates uh, where the crater was in the, uh, in, the, in, the war, in the war, the Civil War. The uh, the Union dug a, a tunnel under the uh, Confederates and blew them up. And uh, yeah, it made a big crater. But that's where it happened. That was in Petersburg, Virginia. But so many haunted places there. Uh, all around the train station, everything is original to like the history of, of Petersburg. It's It's pretty awesome ass place um but yeah i cannot wait to go to this tavern it's they said it's really really haunted um i'm excited to go and, and check it out now so if i'm gonna... going with the we talked to quite a few people with some old restaurants but i think i remember there's somebody that works there that has abilities that could tell you a few good stories about his experiences oh, in the place because you know, it's not just like any old person's ability. He's just really open to a lot of stuff. So he has a lot of stuff happen. He's, he's got some stories. Oh, I'm good, sure a man. lot of people do, but um, the, the guy we know specifically, um, as far as he said, he's like, nope, just not into this stuff. Just don't, don't talk about it. Don't tell me the stories. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just not into it, but uh, his wife, I guess, has abilities and this guy he works with and 
they have a lady there that handles the paranormal stuff for them and she's into it. So he's At just at the Franklin that. House. Yeah. Yeah. I'd it's, like to get it's... back into the Frankenberger. I haven't been in there in years. Uh, we investigated that like three or four times. Um, that's why it's haunted. It's really haunted. Um, one of my investigators got touched in there. Um, Laura actually got touched on her foot. She was wearing a uh, like flip flops. It was in the summertime when we were investigating it, and uh, yeah, I have a video of it. She's sitting there, and she's just you know they're just asking like, random EVP questions and. Uh, it just all of a sudden she looks down at her foot and she jumps up. Oh, I just got touched. She she flew out of there. She was all shook up after that. She was like, Oh my it's god, it's such a tiny little building. And yeah, it's little. It's really I've small. Always been drawn to it. My friend, Adam's friend too, my husband, grew up or had a house across the street from there. And I'd stare at it constantly because we're at the and I'm like so drawn to this little German built house now i know that wasn't the original location of it but no the original location is down the street yeah i just really drawn to it because i like the german heritage and some of my ancestors i think settled in this area they were my maiden name is rupp so there's a lot of okay you know um john uh, one of the rupps built the peace church there and uh there's a rupp house on trindle road and they just had a lot to do with the whole Civil Rup, War Rup era House buildings in Gettysburg and prior. Too. That rep, I'm not sure. I can't draw a connection between my family and that rep. Doesn't mean there isn't one. Um, I'm more likely related to the the reps that stayed in Lebanon area. I don't know if I'm necessarily related to the ones that migrated over here to the West Shore and did all that. Um, but there's just so many cool little buildings around here that are just plopped in the middle of like the Carlisle Pike or just busy shopping areas or you're downtown and you almost miss them or you're used to them because you grew up here and you see them all the time. And there's so much history just right there in the Mechanicsburg area. That's super interesting. Oh yeah. Sarge says it's, it's a uh, pay to play for there now. You got to pay to get in there now. That sucks. What? Frankenberger. Yeah. Yep. I didn't even realize they let anybody in. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got in there. Um, Amy actually worked in that building behind there. Uh, she was one of my investigators. Um, she worked in that building and she knew the uh, curator and um, he let us in. We, we investigated like three or four times and, and gave them all the evidence. They were actually pretty happy with a lot of the stuff we caught. Uh, yeah, we actually called, that. I'd like to we actually called a, a cool EVP. Um, we were on the second floor and I said, supposedly there was a murder there. Uh, one of the they it used to be like a cattle stop or something, and uh, people were bringing their cattle in and cash their cattle in. Well, one guy cashed his cattle and got a lot of money, and supposedly he wound up dead the next day, and he was robbed, and they, they robbed him of his money. And uh, we were asking, you know, if the guy who, who got murdered, uh, can you tell us who murdered you? And we heard a name. Uh, we heard George. And uh, when we told that to the curator, he looked at us, he's like, George. I was like, yeah, we love, well, listen, he, he, that sounds like George. And he goes, well, George Frankenberger owned this tavern. That was his name, George Frankenberger. I'm like, oh, wow. Holy shit, really? He's like, yeah. So he's basically this guy from the dead is telling us that George Frankenberger is the one that killed him. Huh. They're like, can you tell us who killed you? And he's like, George. And I'm like, well, then. what the 
hell? I was like, this is cool. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you get some really cool that stuff. Is, that's like the really cool stuff that happens when you're investigating. It just really yeah. ties into something you didn't even know about the and, place. That's cool. And what was really weird is, is that we caught it um, downstairs. We didn't hear it. We were upstairs and we caught it downstairs in the kitchen. Like they had that old kitchen that's down there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, "What the hell?" It, it was cool. We had, we heard a lot of movement and stuff in there when we weren't in there, like sound like pots and pans moving around, and because hmm. uh, we had audio ran out to my van, and I like I'm hearing things moving around there, like pots and pans are moving around and footsteps. Really? And, yeah, and I'm like, "There's no one in there. We were all in my van." Um, like I said, there was a there was a bar or something that was close by there because we always used to have these drunk ass people like coming to the van. What are you doing in there? And that was just the us from across the street when we were partying as young kids. <laughs> <laughs> you were hearing us. <laughs> this guy, I'm, I'm in the van one time. It's just me, Don, and another investigator uh, that were investigating it. And uh, this guy, I'm in the back looking at the monitors and Don's like, hey, John, come here, man. Come here, dude. I'm like, what's wrong with this? Some weird ass guy looking in the front window. I'm like, <laughs> like I'm looking right. That's normal. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm looking at him through the front window. I'm like, what the hell you want, man? He's like looking at me. I'm like, what? He's like, what are you doing in there? He was all shit face drunk. He's like, what are you doing in there? I was like, man, let me get out. Yeah, the G man's within walking distance, and it's, it's not <laughs> the most contamination free environment on the main road. No, it was loud until like. <laughs> two o'clock in the morning and uh i get out this drunk ass guy he could barely even walk i'm like i probably knew him i'm telling I was you like, well, what do you want he's like what are you doing in there are you having a gangbang or something oh the hell out of here dean <laughs> i said don just popped into the chat room. what's up don we're just talking about the frankenberger we investigated the drunks that used to come around all the time <laughs> That was just my oh, husband's okay. friends. <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> it really was. We, they lived across the street, and that was what we did in the early 20s. <laughs> oh, my God. You were over there harassing us, and we were over there trying to investigate. What the hell? <laughs> it wasn't me. I'd have come in and tried to help. <laughs> Them? Mm. Oh, my We're usually God. drunk. Yeah, we, we investigated quite a few times there. It was a pretty cool place, a little place there. Uh, not a lot of killer activity, but it's just... You have to wait till late in the in the morning to investigate. Too many people walking around, looky loos. Want to look in? They're like, "Hey, what are you doing in there?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> I I got one guy. We were coming back from uh, North Carolina. We did an investigation, and we stopped in the store. And uh, the guy goes, "Where?" It was me, Don, and, and two female investigators. And he's like, "Where are you guys been?" He was being nosy as shit. So I was like, oh, man, we just came back from a killer orgy, dude. He's like, huh? I was like, yeah, man, it was right down the street down here, dude. We just came back from an orgy or something, you know, swingers club. He's like, really, man? I was like, yeah, it was awesome. Right? So oh, I, I left out, and the girls went in, and the girls came in and said, man, that guy was totally weird. He was like eyeballing the shit out of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, started, I started laughing. I was like. I told that guy we were swingers. <laughs> See, they're like, you're an asshole. <laughs> wow. Oh, dear. Oh, my God. It was so funny. We used to have some good times. We 
we went, like I said, we went as far as North Carolina investigating, and um, Jesus, that was some long drives. Oh, my God. I don't know how we made it. <laughs> I think I drove home probably half the, half the way asleep. That's what I'm saying. How do you, coming home is the hard part after being oh. up and investigating. Oh, it was terrible. Uh, I, I, I'm telling you, I drove halfway home asleep. <laughs> It'll probably be like that when we go to Fort Mifflin, too. <laughs> That's one of the home. benefits of doing the investigations from home that I reap. When I'm done, I just take my headphones off and go to sleep. I'm already here. <laughs> yeah, you don't even got to go anywhere. Just walk right up to your bed. But we've done, Ugh. I've done plenty of in-person investigations and late night drive homes, and they're a little scary. Oh, yeah. Phew. They're, they're tough. That's you got a long drive. Oh, good God. I'm, I'm yawning just thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm extra excited now for Saturday because now I know where you are and I can tune into that a little bit. And Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't get a wait. feel for the, the other. You mentioned train stations, though. Strasburg Railroad. I went there in college. I went to art school down in Lancaster. We went there to draw the trains and perspective and all that stuff for one of our classes the one time. And I'll tell you what, that place is haunted. Really? Yeah. Can't. can't didn't have like a paranormal experience, but my senses were going off a lot. So I started like taking some pictures from my photography class around this one specific train car. And that'd be a really cool place to get into. Cause I think train stations in general or buildings with old trains in it tend to, for some reason, have a lot of ghosts. That'd be cool. I'd like to get in there. Um, I guess you'd have to try send them an email. Uh, I've been sending a lot of emails to places, uh, trying to get into them, uh, just to do an investigation. But I contact a lot of uh, historical societies and things like that. Things like that. Um, man, with this Corona crap, mm -hmm. it's so disappointing. Um, well, now cases are coming down. They may be a little more receptive, but yeah, I mean they're coming back slowly. But I mean, man, three years ago. Good God, I, I had so many cases, I couldn't even, I couldn't even juggle all of them. Uh, we were doing multiple investigations in one weekend. Like, we, we had to split the team up. You know, we were doing two cases in a weekend. It was, it was, it was unreal. But now, good God. What's up, Scribe? Scribe just came into the chat. Don's in the chat. Anybody else out there listening want to come on in the chat? Come on in. Um, just talking well, about. Now it's uh, the personal cases after COVID, I think. Paranormal activity really amped up for people more than places now, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I love doing residentials. That's what we've always done. Uh, we've never really based our investigations off of paying to go to a place. We've always done, uh, you know, residentials from the beginning uh, when it was just me and Don. It was just me and him. And uh, I tell you what, man, we got a lot of stuff when it was just me and him. Um, it was just so much stuff that we got that it was, it was phenomenal. I think our first case, we were just like, holy shit, I can't believe we're getting this much stuff. Uh, we were having, you know, our first case we did was in Maryland and uh, it was actually my brother's uh, girlfriend's mom's house. She was uh, something smacked her and uh, they wound up moving out. And, you know, we they, we came in there. The whole house was empty. There wasn't even any electricity in the house. They had everything turned off. The house was empty. I had to take a generator to run my uh, DVR system. And uh, I think Don was in the house. Don comes jetting out of the house. He's like, dude, a door just slammed on me. 
was like, no way. He goes, yeah, dude, it's just shut. And I'm like, sure, what in the wind? He's like, there's no wind blowing. No, we got outside. I'm like, yeah, he's right. There's no wind blowing. There's nothing blowing. They could have shut that door. And uh, in the same token, you know, that that thing was, um, to say, scribe, just put something in the chat. I uh, heard the spirits miss people during the lockdown. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Probably did. <laughs> I can't wait till the lockdown's done completely. Um, we're get getting there, I think. Yeah, we're, we're rounding the corner with it, I think. The cases are down real low now, so until this new, a new version comes out. Or... Honestly, who's still left that hasn't been sick to infect at this point? It has to be over now. <laughs> Everybody yeah, just got true. sick with Omicron. They have nobody left. To get now. Yeah, well, they keep getting all these stupid variants. Oh, it's Omicron, Democron, Cooperon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How many well, they skipped. If they're there? going with like Alpha, Beta, Gap, all that, they skipped a few letters and went to the O's. I don't know where we're yeah. going next. Who the hell knows? I'm, I'm sick of it. I don't want to get any more shots. Those things make you sick as hell. They make me sick anyway. I, every, every time I got it, I was. That's how I put in his chat earlier. <laughs> he was doing the big star show. <laughs> uh, Might as well um, call it that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shoot, my, uh, shoot, my political side showed. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to get the new vaccine, the Democron vaccine. <laughs> it's going to convert us all to be a bunch of morons. <laughs> uh. Some people oh, don't need much help with that. <laughs> no, no, you just take the sense out of common. There it is. Boom. No common sense. <laughs> it's like that in the paranormal field anymore. Uh, uh, just like you see all these goofballs with the haunted dolls and possessed dolls. And yeah, I, I believe in that. <sighs> haunted dolls. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I've seen Scott put, put in the chat that about bullshit. that. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad he did that. He's, he's, that. he's right on. Right on. Hey, yeah, it's, my, my messenger inbox is open. Anybody that wants to know the truth about this doll situation. Yeah, exactly. I want a haunted doll. No, I don't. I never see a doll again. I'll be fine. I want a haunted doll. <laughs> I'll, I'll do all kinds of stuff to it. Oh, no. the you fire. just opened something up big there. <laughs> Go ahead, Sarge. <laughs> I'm going to take it outside. I thought we're going to make a little skit and I'm going to lay a doll on the ground and we're going to take Hershey's chocolate and squirt all over and say, man, this thing's demonic. It just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got the Hershey squirts all over this thing. <laughs> Oh God, I, I love I you know I've watched a lot of documentaries on these haunted dolls and uh I think uh Tony Sparrow does one. Um he's the uh the son in law of the Warrens. Uh he married their daughter and he was talking about the Annabelle doll. Uh the Annabelle doll. If you mess met, make her mad, you could die mm. six months later. Well, I got news for you, bud. You can walk out of here today and get ran over by a car or something that's gonna kill you. That don't mean the doll did it. You know, it's just people are just. Yeah. I mean, I don't get any bad vibes from Annabelle. They just had their paragon. I'm watching live videos with her right in my face, and I've had creepier feelings from average locations that 
I've seen on video and investigated. So I don't know. I'm not yeah, convinced. I've, I've had a whole lot of creepier things happen than that. Jesus Christ. A, a whole lot more. Uh, just going to work and every day is a creepy thing for me. <laughs> I think work's scarier than the doll. <laughs> yeah, living people are way worse <laughs> to deal with. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. It's just a hard thing for me to swallow with haunted dolls. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen the dolls, you know, on the shows that have moved. That doesn't mean they're possessed. It just means whatever's haunting the house is moving the doll. You know what I mean? It doesn't. I just, it's kind of hard to believe that something that can uh, take over an inanimate object or a person to that matter. Um, but that's my opinion, my personal opinion. Um, there, there's a lot of people out here that, um, you know, they want a lot of attention, you know, instead of, yeah, just you know, they just, they just want attention and they want to be famous and they want people to pay attention to them. And, and the best way to, to do that is really ignore them. I'm not going to acknowledge their name. This is giving them a little clout for something that they really don't deserve. They really have. Um, well, hey, if somebody know. wants attention, if they want to be on TV, there's really no problem with that. It's like when you're willing to hurt other people, lie to them, step on them to get ahead, that's when I have a problem. When, oh, yeah. You oh, should yeah. better be true. Yeah. If you're going to talk shit, you better be able to back it up, especially in this field. Um, you know, your, your, uh, your name, you know, this is all you got is your name and your, and your integrity and everything that you do. If, if you're going to lie about what you do, it's not going to go well for you. <laughs> sorry, no, especially sorry. when there are people out there that have Sloppy hard hole. evidence, hard evidence to prove that the things that you're saying didn't happen that way at all. Right out of your own mouth. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Old face lying with people is not a, not a good way to be. Um, no. <clears throat> some people are just you know, they just use people to get what they want, and then then they just move on to the next victim. You know, habitually, um, over yeah, it's and just, over and over again. Yep, they just move on to the next the next uh, victim and and victimize them and talk shit about them, and that's the big thing in the paranormal world now. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> Who can screw over the most people? You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But hey, I, you know, I have I have my own opinions about things, and if people don't like it, I don't really give a shit. You know, you can move on with your bad self because uh, I ain't afraid to to uh, bring it up to the to the front if you want to bring it that way. I, we'll make you famous in a bad kind of way. So <laughs> bring it on. I used to be. I used to you be know? terrified of confrontation and. This situation has made me be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to change yeah. my theory on that. Um, but like, you know, back to what you said about haunted dolls in general, I kind of feel like if you have any haunted, supposed haunted object, any object, like, okay, let's say you're really close with your grandmother and she leaves her ring behind to you and you hold it and you feel that connection with her. I feel like objects can make that connection between you and the person on the other side, whether you knew them or not in life. I feel like, but the idea of somebody dying and saying, Hey, I want to spend the rest of existence attached to this doll is who would number one, do that. And you'd have to have somebody creating a situation where they force an entity into a vessel, but by choice, 
And if that's the, if that's what's happening, why is it happening so often? I don't think it is. I don't think you can just go into Goodwill and pick which haunted doll you want. Maybe you're connecting to somebody that used to have that doll, but I don't think they're trapped in there, you know, possessing it, let alone being a demonic entity. I mean, sorry, not very no. likely. And no, if that I mean... doll was haunted, which sure, maybe the doll was haunted, that's fine. But I don't think there's a demon. I know for a fact, if there is, she probably conjured it up herself recently by wanting it so damn bad. She manifested <laughs> it. Yeah. And it didn't put her in the hospital. That was a completely separate reason, a logical medical reason for that. It had nothing to do with the damn doll. It had nothing to do with that doll. The scribe just put in the uh, in the chat room uh, said, "Yeah, had a spirit uh, taking one of my kids' tiny farm animals out of the uh, the toy box and putting it at the top of the stairs for a few months till I caught on to uh, what it wanted." Says uh, patched up the uh, holes the boys put in the uh, bedroom walls and. Uh, a fresh coat of paint and a stop. <laughs> I guess, guess they didn't like putting holes in the wall. The kids didn't like putting holes in the wall. Let's that's, get that's that. That's a great example up. of some of the smallest things can really upset somebody on the other side. And it's as simple as that. You just find that one little thing and they're like, okay, it's better now. Yeah. Yeah. That's just like the house we were investigating in the Marietta case. Um, they're totally redoing it and changing the way the house looks and, I definitely think that big bullheaded Amish guy does not like it. Um, he definitely makes himself known that he don't like us in there. Where saying, is it? Uh, in Marietta, uh, right over in uh, by Wrightsville, in Columbia. Okay. It's uh, literally That's a hot the area there. Columbia. Oh yeah, it's old. Yeah, it's really old. Yeah. Uh, all the land plus they got the the albatross that wanders the woods around there. The what? The albatross. The, alba, the albatross. We have an Alba Twitch. It's like a baby. Here. It's like a baby Bigfoot, allegedly. <laughs> okay, yeah. I've never heard of an Alba Twitch. <laughs> yeah, that supposedly uh, uh, they had seen this thing. It's called uh, a place called Chicky Rocks. Uh, they they named it the Alba Twitch, and they have a festival in Colombia every year called the Alba Twitch Festival. About how have this, I never heard of this? This Bigfoot, this baby. It's like a four or five foot Bigfoot, basically. Just one. That's that. It's many reports young. Of, yeah, well, I don't know. There's reports of them seeing this thing for years and years. It dates back to the 1800s, 1700s. Oh my! Of them seeing it. Yeah, it's it, Chicky Rocks. That's where they they see it a lot at. I never seen anything, but um, I've heard about it quite a few times. Um, oh, actually, uh, was a in speaker. all my cryptid encounters, I never heard of such a thing, and I live right here. <laughs> yeah. I was actually a speaker at that uh, Albatrich Festival one year, me and Carl, and uh, it was <laughs> it was interesting. Uh, they had some people from MUFON, which was cool. I met some people from MUFON, uh, made a couple of good connections with those guys, um, which I'll probably have him come on here talking about uh, some cases, UFO cases and stuff. Uh, I guess i got to reach out to him. Um, <clears throat> Scott, Scott hopped in. Uh-oh. Hey, what's up, Scott? Um but yeah, this I don't know, this whole doll thing is quite annoying. Yeah, and Sarge has worked up Scott's here. I mean, come on, let's go, let's do this. Let's get it out there. Sarge is all fueled up with a little rum and 
<laughs> the timing is timing's great. He's fired up now. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, right, there's Scott. Here he comes. There he is. Scott's coming in. Let's do it. I don't want to ruin your podcast, though. <laughs> Hello? What's going on, Scott? <laughs> Good evening. What's everybody. going on, man? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. There's, I'm, I was at a bar across the street, and uh, there was a, a band playing. I was just hanging out listening to the music, so I have no idea what's going on, mate. Um. Chris just texted me and she's like, uh, you know, there's some good talk going on. So I says, I'll be there a couple minutes. <laughs> He's like, I'll be right there. I have no idea what the conversation is or anything that's going on. So, oh, man, we're um, just talking uh, about your um, your psychic abilities with haunted dolls and shit like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I mean, just oh my god. Well, of course, you saw the post that I put on Facebook today. Yeah, I was um, cracking up. You know, I mean, it's amazing how people will take the truth and just kind of spin it, but I'm sure they'll be blamed. Uh, you know, you know, the, the, the interview during the interview, I didn't say this, you know, they, you know, so they'll, they'll be, you know, blamed going away, you know, thrown you both ways, but it is what it is. The truth is what the truth is. You can't manipulate it. And again, I come from a background of a private investigator of 18 years. And it's, it's what you can prove. You know, I go into a court of law and it's what you can prove. And that's how I, you know, I take paranormal investigation. It's not, it's not, you know, this story happened to me. Yeah, it's funny. You made a good story. That's a great story, but it's not true. You know, let's, let's talk facts. Let's talk what really happened. Let's talk the truth. What can you prove? Well, we can prove a lot of stuff. We can prove that your story is BS. Um, you know, and it's not, it's, again, well, I wouldn't say it's not personal. It's a little bit personal. Um, I mean, this person just came out and just trashed myself and Chris, brought Chris's family into it. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, the attacks that came against us were to discredit us because, we know the truth of everything. And, you know, you know, you talk about us and you describe, oh, they're this or that, they're jealous or that or that. It's not about that. You can say whatever you want about me. You can say whatever you want about Chris. But the truth remains the truth. The facts remains the facts. And like I said, um, and if you saw in the, of course, in the, in the uh, what, what I put on Facebook, um, you know, to if somebody actually comes out, a psychic medium actually comes out and says, you know, that, yeah, I contacted her. I mean, that's just, that's just blatant lie. You know, it, it, it's, it, you know, because that's what the interview from the um, newspaper said is that, you know, a psychic reached out to me and called me and it's, it's just a lie. And I hope that, that she didn't suck somebody in with this, you know, the, the thought of being, well, this is going to go out over and you're going to get your name out there. And, you know, did you really sell your soul to the devil just to do that? So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, well, the episode comes out tomorrow if it comes out. I think she saw her soul for more than that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny uh, because today, today through that patch interview or through that article on patch, there were two old team members that reached out to me that were team members of this person. And, um, you know, I, I investigated with both of these team members one time, like I was coming into the group when they were kind of like leaving the group. 
And uh, it's amazing after two years, like they are basically, they saw two years ago what, you know, what we know now, you know, in the text messages, you know, just, just some people just are just so hungry to just get their name out there and they want to be famous. And look, if that's your drive, I congratulations, but you know, why are you going to talk, you know, this, your story can be, be struck down and completely torn down by the truth. Um, you know, she, you know, there are text messages and stuff out that, you know, you know, she's got text messages and, and whatnot, or there's text messages just in case a motherfucker wants to try something. And, you know, there's other sides of those text messages. There's other people there. So there, there are two ways and three ways. And, you know, me and Chris were there the whole entire time and we know exactly what was going on. And all these other psychics and all these other people that had been drawn into the story all came after the fact of what the story circles around. And the story circles around is, you know, the hospital, you know, and the dolls putting her in the hospital. That's what the story is. And the funny thing is the night that in the text messages, she's talking about that, you know, that they want to go to this uh, location too. They're jealous and whatnot, but they can't go. And if, you know, if a demon just tried to kill you, you're now get, you want to jump out of the hospital bed and get to another location. Like I get it, but yeah, I think a demon's a little bit more powerful than that. Um, swallow your soul well the silly thing is uh end of august september like one and a half months later she brought this exact same doll on an investigation with us and we're all investigating around this doll and you know we didn't die no 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 yeah didn't try to kill us no no, i would like to have the doll personally because i would lay it on the ground i would take a piss on it and then (laughs) set it on fire I would do all kinds of really jacked up shit to it. It's not then, the doll's fault. <laughs> guarantee it. Don't take it out gonna, on the poor doll. Nothing's going to happen to it. I'd be like, uh, I'm, let's film this real quick. Yep, nothing happened. She's all wet, though. <laughs> I'll just put her ass on ice. <laughs> oh, uh, it's, you know, it's just, it's. You know, it, it's and just, that's only you know, the tip of the iceberg with this person's bad character. This is just one example you know, that made it well, to the, the television. Night, the, the day that we were in the, that this happened, we were at Penhurst Asylum, and we were with myself. Uh, well, Dan and Kathy were there. A couple other people. I don't really want to want to name them. Uh, Dietra, uh, Dietra's friend that that also worked there, and uh, there was a thing. We were just walking around, and we found this footprint. And uh, she tried to, the, the footprint was eventually used in, um, which which one was it, uh, Chris? Uh, which, it's uh, the one where Katrina Weidman and, and Jack Osborne were. Jack Osborne. Jack okay, Osborne. Yeah. They used some okay, of was, that uh, footage from that, a picture yeah, from that uh bit of evidence yeah, yeah, they found that. that night now what it was was it was it was great because we all came upon it at the same time it was a it was raining i think it was raining that night there was puddles but we found a, a full child's footprint um it That's was awesome. it was uh, it was amazing it was great evidence i've seen um, it actually christy um sent me a picture it was pretty awesome it, it, it's yeah it's really it's amazing well they use a photograph of it in portals to hell with with uh you know them and um what was it, Chris? I'm sorry. Can you tell the rest of the story? Uh, yeah, a sure. Couple weeks back. 
We just drug him out of the bar. I'll take over. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm not a drinker. I'm not a drinker. I really am not a drinker. He's not good at and, that. And uh, I did have one drink. I had one vodka. So, you know, I was listening to the dead. It was a dead cover band. So it's just like, you know, well, basically, she's stuck in the hospital. So she's not on this investigation. Not even there. Not in the same town. Um, so the rest of the team is there. Scott's running live video just to document everything that's going on. They come across this footprint and, you know, doing the normal investigating, trying to debunk and figure out what it is and isn't. And, you know, you can see in the video, there are people in the background taking pictures. So somebody else, you know, that works there took a picture of it and that's what made it on the show. But in this person's mind, they use her footage or her photo or something and put it on the show and she wasn't even there. If anything, it would have been Scott's, but it wasn't. It was somebody else that worked there that took that photo that was used. There, there You have to do like content release forms and stuff and fill that out to have something on a show. It, it wasn't hers. She wasn't there. She was busy dying in the hospital from a demonic doll. Yeah. Well, she did the same thing with Sarge with uh, the Harrisburg investigation. Claimed it was her investigation. And it, we were just guests there. <laughs> well, today, you know, I'm like, to, yeah. we this wasn't you your investigation. It was Sarda's investigation. Like we were yeah, invited I, there. Yeah. You know? Can I ask one question, um, Chris? Do they know the story of what happened? You see, when I left the group because what this person did to Chris. A lot, like she tries to tell people that she kicked me out and of, of this group of her paranormal, she kicked me out. She, she fucked over Chris over the Harrisburg investigation. And she fucked over somebody who I consider was a, such a good and close friend to her that that's why I quit the group. Um, the Harrisburg investigation that we were on. The Harrisburg investigation, Chris, who's you know sick in the house and can't leave in the house. Mary, I'm sorry, I didn't even want to mention any names. This person dangled the Harrisburg investigation in front of their face and then just fucked them completely over. This person never even heard of Harrisburg Hospital until Chris told them because Chris went to school at an art school that was down the street. That was the hack. I went to to hack. I drove past it every single day and then... You know, they filmed a girl interrupted there. And sorry if you hear the wind in my mic, I'm outside. But it's just like driving by that or go parking there to go to the farm show. It's like, man, I'd love to get into that place someday. It's just one of those bucket list locations for me, being from this area. To, I, was, I was lucky enough to get in there um, twice. That was, tw- that was 20 years ago, though, yeah, <laughs> when, I, you were I, dream- when she was dreaming yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. I went in so, there like 15 years ago. It was about 15 years ago when I got there. I went in. And yeah. uh, I, it was hard to get into back then. You had to pay to get in. And I actually had a friend that um, got me in with him. He actually just called me one like Saturday night. He's like, dude, I'm down from Newcastle. You want to go to Harrisburg Hospital? I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. I said, I'll be there in 40 minutes. I was freaking <laughs> flying up there to get there, dude. <laughs> So we got there and like uh, we had one of the people from the Harrisburg uh, Hospital. He had to stay with us the whole time, and uh, the police okay. are no joke up there. Like, they are no but joke. Bunny at all. just ran by and scared the crap out of me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's that thing moving? Oh my god! Talking about the Harrisburg Hospital got you all freaked out there. 
Harrisburg Hospital is really cool, man. It's really haunted too. There's a lot of activity there. Um, I could imagine, but I don't have that experience thanks to somebody. Yeah, I went. But to that's the, okay. I, I, it's when okay. I went there, when I went there, I was actually able to get in the morgue. Uh, the morgue was still open. Uh, the last time we went there, they didn't allow, allow you in the morgue. But the morgue is, whew, man. You get into the, there's a tunnel that goes from the morgue to the hospital, but they have it they have it closed off. Um, but man, it is so dark in there, you can't see like a millimeter in front of your face. That's how dark it is. You're just like, oh my god. And we were seeing some pretty cool stuff in there, like balls of light and stuff, uh, light anomalies. It was it was pretty cool. Oh yeah, the police are really hard on you up there, man. Um, they uh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Sarge Uh-oh. can't do it anymore. Is he coming on or is he getting out? He's coming in. Sarge is he coming, coming in? in. All right, here we go. Yeah, I, let, you know, let, let's, let's tell the What's story. What's up, man? You had, to, you, had to, <laughs> yeah, you had to. You just had to mention Harrisburg Hospital knowing that it would set me off, right? <laughs> huh? But look where we are now because of that whole debacle. <laughs> She is the biggest freaking fraud in the paranormal community. I'll say her name, Mary Blow. That's what I call her. <laughs> right? She's a fraud. She's a piece of shit. She's, she's evil. Anybody that's associated with her should run. That's, what I, that's yeah. all I'm going to say about that. Run for cover. What she did to us during the Harrisburg thing, plus afterwards... I hope karma come back, comes back and bites her in the ass tenfold. Yeah, probably. I guarantee it will. Comes around, goes around. That's for damn sure. Okay, I said my piece. That's it? Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's... Nah, if I go uh... on, you'll never hear me shut up. <laughs> nah, and now, I mean, just when, when Scott shared that article and Scott was talking about that, I mean, well, Scott, both Scott and I are telepathetic, so I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> But when you see stuff like that, and just like Scott said, okay, you want to be famous, go do you, but not at the expense of other people. Absolutely. That's wrong. All right. That's, that's karma that you're going to have on your soul for the rest of your life. And you know what? There's a place in freaking hell for her and it's really nice and hot. And I cannot wait to, to one day see that. I hate, you know, I don't like to wish any bad things on anybody, but man, I tell you what. I am this close to seeing something that I'll probably regret. <laughs> well, the other thing that gets me with this show is, you know, how many vulnerable people are going to be watching this and start to think, hey, is this happening to me? Is this what's going on with me? And they're thinking on that side of things instead of just like going to the doctor and getting the right care that they need. You know, that this has a wide reach and an it's influence ignorant. and it's all a lie. It's ignorant. It's irresponsible. This is what's wrong with this community. And all these guys are now hopping on the here's my doll train. Uh, Philip Gibson, or not Gibson, not Philip something. I can't remember what his name is. Um, or, or whatever, Chris Gibson, I think. Yeah, I don't think it's that guy. I think Maybe it's somebody it's else. Somebody else I'm thinking of. I don't mean the, the Bengals guy is the cool guy, but it's somebody else that I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> he knows who uh, he was talking about. But anyhow, this guy now has his own doll. We got some dudes down at the the, the venereal disease um, um, paranormal oh, team down there. And, uh, <laughs> um, Slaps. They have a doll. I mean, oh, like you no. said, let's get a doll. You know what we're gonna get? We're gonna get a blow up doll, John. Yeah. That's gonna I be want our one. 
It's got to be Chinese, though. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I want an Asian. <laughs> oh, number my. one, it doesn't exist. Number one, it's, it's fake as hell. And and number oh, two, yeah. number three, you can't prove it beyond the, the shadow of a doubt that anything, an object or a doll, is haunted. It's just... It's there are very, very, very few, few cursed... And I don't even say haunted. I say cursed objects. Yeah, and there is, there's a d- big difference between something that's haunted and something that's cursed. That's for sure. Yeah. Again, know, it goes back to what you believe in, too, because if you believe that it's cursed, it's going to be cursed. So I have not. Well, that's I, what I'm I, saying. She might have manifested a demon into this doll by now, the way she's been. And according to Dr. Tanf, that's what happens, right, John? Yeah. It's according hey. to a lot of people. You know, oh, it, it, it's proof it. Even yeah, according to her and her her demonology background, you just you just open that door. That's an invitation uh, for a demon to come in. Well, what better great. door than really wishing you could be famous so bad? I mean, I'll tell you what, I've seen some demons earlier today, man. Whew, I went to that juicy <laughs> crab last night, and I had some demons flowing. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'll say, woo! Juicy crab. John needs a modium. Sorry, right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hijack your show. Man. <laughs> you got cool, man. fired up. Well, you mentioned Harrisburg Hospital, and when we were—that's a whole nother story, isn't it? Supposed yeah, to go a... back in there, and when that's a she, paranormal roundtable. You know, it was her. You know damn well it was her, or not anybody else. Um, and her little flunky friends over there at the Clifton Five uh, uh, defunct theater that couldn't even raise five thousand dollars. But anyhow, that's neither here nor there. Um, you know those people when they get together and they did what they did. It's okay, you know. Maybe someday, you know, I, I got an in that I'm trying to actually get back into Harrisburg Hospital right now, and I'm talking to somebody that I know who knows somebody higher than the person that was there, and you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get back into it here in the near future. That'd be great. We shall see, right? I'm trying. We already well, got our hot spots mapped out, Chris so. I would love to give Chris and Scott that that the, to 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 give them that experience that was robbed from them because well, I want to be honestly, honest. I'm really I glad wanted, I didn't go I that wanted, night because I yeah. think the energy would have been so bad with the crap that was pulled that night, it just would have ruined the experience. In fact, I um, was discussing that with my husband about three days prior when everything was going down, and he's like, "No, no, let's." come on, you got to go. You got to go. If, if you get the chance, I'm like, I don't want to touch this with a 10 foot pole. This is not how I want it to go out, go down mm-hmm. with this kind of energy around. I just would like it to be something different, like right. with respect for the spirits and not focused on this bad energy, you know? Exactly. So, hey, sorry. so let me tell you, so it wasn't sorry. meant I, to be. I, 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 I couldn't go to this. I couldn't even go to the investigation because I was in New Orleans, right? I was, uh, yeah, you were on a trip. I was, I was doing a solo investigation in New Orleans and, uh, I was at the Myrtle's plantation. So I wasn't even able to go to Harrisburg and like that offer, like, you know, of the team going wasn't, you know, didn't even face me, but I'll tell you what I personally could care less. I'd love to get in if the opportunity, but I could care less. I want nothing more, nothing more in the world than for Chris to get into. To, uh, well, yeah, of course, but I mean, getting that, you in would be honest. Yeah, I, but you know, I. I yeah, I'd I like to do it all together. Too. After all, yeah. we've been through through this whole thing together, like all of us Sad. now. I think that'd be great for us to all, all go right. in together. 
My cat sees I'm all worked up, so he came over. <laughs> <laughs> it's common therapy cat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, yeah, John, I tell you what. Ed, Scott, Chris, John, it was great talking to you. Thanks you for You too. Me. Yes, sir. Yeah. All, right. all right, good night. See you, bud. Yeah, I mean, overall, um, I tell you what. I went with a, a group of guys, and uh, they were just kind of like paranormal exploring. Like, I'm not not even really paranormal. They were doing that uh, urban exploring shit, urbex or whatever the hell they call it. Um, yeah. And I'm like, this is not investigating to me. Um, I'm gonna let you guys do your thing, and then I'm going back in by myself. So I let them. I let them go. That's way what ahead Scott of me. does. The back. <laughs> yep, I wheel back by myself, and man, I got good evidence when I was by myself. I was like. Thank God I came back here by myself. I wouldn't have called shit with them because they were just too loud. They're laughing, giggling. I'm like, this ain't how I investigate, man. Like I was, I was upset. I was like, I gotta, I gotta come here by myself because this is, I didn't come here for this shit. I come here to investigate. Um, I let them go. And I tell you what, I, I, when I investigated with Sarge, we, we caught some stuff too. Um, I caught a woman whistling or we're not whistling, but humming, um, it was cool. I was like by one of the nurses stations and I heard this woman like <laughs> I'm like, Sarge, is that you? He's like, What? I was like, You didn't hear a woman humming? He's like, No. I was like, Really? He's like, I said, You didn't hear that. He's like, No, nah. I said it was a woman. And there was no women with us. Uh it was me, Brendan, Sarge, and uh Ghost and uh this woman just started humming and I was just like, dude, that was definitely a woman. And I, I called it uh, disembodied voice there earlier when I was by myself too. Uh, I was there and I just heard this woman say, "Hey!" Well, I turned around. I was like, "Shit!" And I my camera battery had just died too. And I was like, "I knew that shit was gonna happen." I was like, "Damn it!" But I did catch it on the uh, my uh, recorder, which was cool. I did catch it on my digital voice recorder. Yeah, they have a way of shutting off the cameras at the right time, don't they? I mean, literally, the battery died right now. I, I say on the mark, you hear me on the recorder. I'm like. Yeah, my battery just died in the in my camera. Now something will happen, and all of a sudden you hear this woman go, "Hey!" But luckily, I still have my my uh, my recorder going, and I caught it. I was like, "Sweet, I got it!" <laughs> but I wanted to get it on video, but oh well, I got it on audio. Still caught it. So, but yeah, uh, hopefully you know, Sarge can work that out, and we get back in there again because that place is definitely definitely haunted, without a doubt. I I got a pretty cool picture. I don't know if I ever seen that picture I caught in there, and uh, when I first investigated that place, the shadow person I caught. How many times have you been in there? Uh, twice. I've been in there twice. Twice. Okay. Yeah, the, the last time was probably like fifteen years ago. I think about fifteen years ago. Yeah, I went in. Uh, it was just me, uh, another guy named Gary, and his girlfriend, and. Uh, Man, we had a lot of stuff happen uh, in, in the uh, in the hospital part, and we did have a few things happen in Hemlock. Hemlock's pretty old; it's creepy in there. Um, I actually heard a voice when I was in Hemlock the last time. Uh, just heard a low, whispery voice saying something. I couldn't really make it out on the recorder, but it was saying something like it was just you know, all of a sudden you hear like a female like ah, saying something. I was like, "Whoa, whoa, you hear that?" They're like, "No, I didn't hear it." I'm like. Damn, it was definitely a woman saying something I couldn't make it out. I captured it on a recorder, but it's really hard to hear. Did you ever go down to the grave site area outside? No, I went to the morgue, though, the morgue school. Well, yeah, but if you can't get in the morgue now, I wonder what the activity would be like in the 
the area of the graves on the on the grounds there? I don't know. Um, we didn't. We never even went there. I don't think. Um, like I said, we were in. Uh, went to the main building, Hemlock. Um, the uh, the main the main main building where the, the administration are. building. Yeah, the administration building. Um, we pretty much had the whole reign of the place. Uh, had the underground tunnels, all that shit we had. Um, it was cool. I, I had a good time. Um, I'll tell you what I went and did after this all fell apart. I It's one of those like weird coincidences. Um, we had a Facebook marketplace ad pop up in front of me for an electroshock therapy device. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm interested. I click it. I've taken a look at it. And darn if it doesn't have a tag on it from Harrisburg wow. from being serviced at some point. It was a like, great story. And I'm like, okay, so... What's the likelihood this thing was used anywhere but Harrisburg State Hospital? Like, wow. they don't really just offer that back in 1942. I think this thing was um, marked as like the year that it was made. It's not like you could go to your local corner store and take part in electroshock there. This thing had to come out of that hospital. And so yeah. it's at my house now, it lives wow. with me now. But that was my consolation uh, prize for what happened. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up tonight. Um, Saturday, as uh, long as I can go live, I'll let you guys know. And we'll, uh, we're going to go live from the investigation. And we'll roll a couple hours, uh, three, four hours Saturday, and uh, just do a good show. Yeah. Oh, Scott. Yeah. He's, uh, he's going to the Franklin House Tavern this weekend that I was telling you about where we were talking to the chef last week. Oh, right, 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 right. that's where they're oh, going this weekend. Cool. Oh, no shit. Oh, yeah. Cool. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yep. So, very cool. Yeah. You guys Hopefully out there listening. Evidence, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, if you guys out there listening, uh, tune in Saturday for the uh, live para live. Uh, we'll kick it off the para live uh, investigation Saturday. We're going to have right, Saturday yeah. night's para live with Chris Scott. Uh, Sarge will probably jump on because he's going to be investigating Saturday too. So, yeah, gonna have calling in and live yeah. updates on what's going on on your investigations. It's gonna be yeah, great. We're gonna have we're gonna have live updates, and we'll have uh, Chris and Scott. Uh, we'll keep you all entertained. Issues. Yeah, while you guys <laughs> go actually do serious work. Hell yeah, it's gonna be great. Well, folks, hey, thanks Thank for joining me fun. tonight, guys. Um, well, I'll see you guys Saturday night, and uh, we're gonna have some fun. All righty, have a good night. All right, some sleep. All right, you guys. All right. Go all right. Awesome. Good night. Good night, guys. Well, folks, that's a wrap for tonight for the uh, Paranormal Journal. Join me Saturday for the Paralive. Uh, we're going to have Chris. We're going to have Scott. Big Star is probably going to jump on talking about his investigations. Uh, we're going to be at the Franklin House uh, Tavern doing our investigation live, going live. So uh, join me uh, Saturday night. Probably kick it off around 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Uh, probably nine so um so join us we're gonna have fun this we're, we're gonna do a pair of live thing every saturday so join us saturday and come back thursdays eight o'clock for the paranormal journal every thursday live 8 p.m podbean download it get your uh follow me share it all that good stuff and uh i will see you guys saturday for the live investigation have a good night everybody and uh Enjoy your weekend.
the party's over It's time to call it a day They burst your pretty balloon And taken the moon away It's time to wind up The masquerade Just make your mind up The piper must be paid The party's over The candles flicker and dim You danced and dreamed through the night It seemed to be right Just being with him Now you must wake up All dreams must end Take off your makeup The party is over It's all over My friend